Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the show. Coming to you live from the Toolkit Depot studio out here at Optus Stadium. Give us your thoughts on anything we said on the show or anything you want to air about sport in general on the Temper at Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or give us a buzz on the open line 13 12 55. We're going to have a change of pace now. And this is a, there's a bit of this. It's a bit nostalgic for me because when I was a young reporter at the West Australian, one of my jobs was to drive around on the weekend and watch and play pennant tennis. And one of the gun pennant tennis players was the bloke in the studio now. It's Tennis West CEO, Brett Patton. Brett, welcome to the show. Oh, you're very kind. Thanks, Duff. Uh, I remember you getting around to all the tournaments and, you know, you're a big part of really promoting WA State League and all the tournaments. So for all those years, mate, thank you for your efforts in contributing to the success of tennis. It was good fun. The thing that fascinated me about was uh, these guys that would be great mates off the court and then would get on the court and argue like hell about line calls. That was I was watching, I think it was your brother, Darren, yep. and Mark Luber. Mm-hmm. Going out at one day down at Freeman, I and, found and that great very mates. Fun. Yeah, great mates. And, and during those generations, you know, there was Darren, my brother Darren, who was a very good tennis player, went on and played professionally. Obviously, Mark Luber, the coach at Hensman Park, David Kelly, who's a coach at Cottesloe. You remember Mark Illawaddy, Rob Prow- uh, Rob Prowse, Rob Casey, Roger Grant. So many great local talents. Kurt Robinson is an example. But we all used to play together off the court. But on the court, you're right. That that white line fever just kicks in, and the arguments and the the vitriol and the you know the the Fluffing of the feathers, it was all on display out there. Everyone loved to get out there and just put on their best show. But, you know, when we came off the court, it was always drinks and, you know, everyone was embracing. So, you know, they were wonderful times back in the 80s and 90s. How much do you play now? I've been playing for a couple of years. So I, I did spend a lot of time playing the ITF Over 30s World Series and I yep. uh, got around the world and played that for about five or six years, playing all the world championships, played a lot of the Australian championships. So tennis is still alive and well for anyone over the age of 30. You don't think that you passed it by then. It's certainly with my tennis, I got better as I got older. So the circuit for the ITF Over 30s is um, right. In, in fact, last week, they actually had the Over 30s World Championships being held in Turkey. So for the different age category. So it goes from 30 to 35, 35 to 40, et cetera, et cetera. So we had a couple of Australians do really well on the clay courts uh, in the over 50s and won the doubles. And uh, one of the young fellas won the over 45s. I say young fellas because he's a bit younger than me, but it is alive and well on the world stage as far as um, tennis past the age of 30. So you're like me. You got better as you got older. I got a lot better at footy once I stopped playing. <laughs> I, I just talk about it, and every time I talk about it, I get better and better and better. A lot of blokes like that, though. Yeah, they? yeah, that's right. Um, was there a physical reason why you, you don't play anymore, or you just oh, just the role? You know, because I'm yeah. also the general manager of the United Cup and the CEO of Tennis West. It does take its toll. So, and and also, um, I had been prone to make a bit of a nuisance of myself on the court, Duff. So if I was to get on the court as a CEO and start blowing up, I don't think it's a good look for uh, the CEO of Tennis West. But no, I did a bit of a shoulder. had a um, rotator cuff issue there a couple of years ago. But back into the gym, and um, I'm hopeful that, uh, cross the fingers, that I'll get back out on the court in the next couple of months. So tell us about State Country Week. And uh, a big, a big, uh, a, a big landmark event coming up for that this year. It is Country Week, hundred year Country Week Carnival. 
this April, April 14th through to April 16th. I mean, it's just uh, been a wonderful mainstay of country tennis, a real celebration of regional tennis over the last 100 years. Started way back in 1923. It was first played at Kitchener Park. Obviously no longer there anymore. And the winning teams back in 1923 were the Katanning for the men. And then the Women's Country Week started in 1927. And that was Katanning as well. So Katanning have a rich, rich history in dominating regional tennis. And they were usurped by the Midwest. Chilton really took them over. And the Eastern Goldfields started to have some success as well uh, around Kalgoorlie. So it's uh, going to be a fantastic celebration. And we're also inducting into this year's Country Week, the 100th year of Country Week, 100 country legends. So we've gone through the archives. Had a good look at all those players over the best part of 100 years, and we're looking to induct two categories. One is the Legends participation, so players who've played more than 10 years in Country Week, and also the Legends champions, those real champions who've won the team events and the singles events over many, many years. So, um, Mark, I've got uh, Skeeter just throwing uh, tongues at us here in the studio. But um, So looking forward to one. It's going to be a really wonderful celebration of regional tennis in the next couple of weeks. So you mentioned Katanning. That would be the Rundles, wouldn't it? The Rundles yep. would have figured prominently down there. Oh, they do, Brad. Rundle and Peter Rundle. Uh, Peter, obviously, um, with the National Party, and a very big uh, contingent of the Rundles have always played. I mean, it's been a country week's always drawn in the families, too. So the Johnses, yeah. Justin Johns, Ashley Johns, a couple of great juniors that played there, the Rundles, obviously. Um, my father, Don, and all his brothers, Lewis and Keith and Gordon, they all played for many, many years. The Harris family from up in Benue, Ken Harris and Graham Harris and Peter Harris and, you know, it's just um, the Sandylands family. I mean, you can just go on and on and on. These are some of the great names out of regional tennis and not just playing country, but what they've actually done for regional communities and regional tennis over the many years. It's just been simply fantastic. And this year we're looking to reinvigorate Country Week with the years that back in the 90s, early 80, late 80s and early 90s, we had nearly, you know, five, six, seven hundred punters playing. We're down to about a hundred last year and we're looking to reinvigorate that this year and, you know, inducting those past players to really celebrate their wonderful contribution to tennis over such a long period of time. We hope will be that springboard into really igniting country tennis again. When I was growing up, Brett, and Darkin had a tennis club and we would go in to play in Darkin. There were six courts. I reckon we got up to 50, 60 people yep. there of a weekend. What does a country tennis club look like now with the declining populations in country areas? Yeah, it's a challenge. There's no question about that, Duff. Uh, the demographics of, of regions have changed. Uh, when I was coming through, I grew up in Jilton, and all the farmers' kids used to come back and stay on the farm, and there were so many different farmers out there, and they're, they're all consolidating now. So there's only one or two families really occupying a lot of the land up in the Midwest. So, but, you know, my memories, my fondest memories of regional uh, sport, I I played football, played basketball, played golf, part of all clubs, but tennis, the real community around tennis clubs was something to behold. And and that's what we're trying to instill in the region still is really making tennis clubs the centre of your community. We understand intimately the well-being, uh, physical well-being and the mental well-being of being part of clubs. And tennis is one of those sports where you can pick the racket up at a young age and you not only play against your own age, but you play against your own ability. So you can be playing against adults of all varying ages. And and the, the ability to be able to integrate that into your into your life. I mean, what it did for me was I was relating to adults as a junior and that helped me transition into my professional life, you know, not having to put people on a pedestal and not being fearful of adults when I worked, you know, when I moved into an, a work environment. So, you know, we were surrounded by family, we were surrounded by friends, you know, the wonderful community of tennis and, um, you know, we're just trying to support the growth of tennis right around the regions. I think the biggest challenge we have at the moment, Duff, is that we don't have enough deliverers, enough coaches out in the regions and we've got a regional working group that's being led by Leslie Holmes at the moment. She's one of our board directors. Uh, she's the Shire CEO of Dan Darrigan. And uh, we've got a beautiful 
regional working group with a lot of key regional stakeholders. And what we're looking to do is implement programs in all the regions throughout WA to get more deliverers out there. So we can engage more schools, get rackets into the hands of the kids, integrate those kids into clubhouse and, and the community of a club and really start growing the sport again. Because, you know, like I said, back when I was playing in the 80s and, and early 90s, it was booming up in the Midwest. And, you know, unfortunately, we've seen somewhat of a decline in the participation numbers or members of clubs. So we're going to be a, a concerted effort to really drive the participation again. It's fascinating because while communities have their own sporting groups, sports still do compete against each other. I'm fascinated to see how well cricket is doing in Western Australia at the moment, and the pathway seems to be working really well. The other thing I've noticed about people that I grew up with in Darkin is that a lot of them have switched to bowls yeah. really young as opposed to doing their, you know, 10 or 15 years playing tennis after they're too old to play footy and, and cricket and then maybe moving on. Is is that a factor in the decline of tennis clubs in, in country WA? Potentially, yeah, absolutely potentially. But I think, you know, it goes hand in hand with giving kids an opportunity. If they're not exposed to tennis then they generally would gravitate to the sport that they're getting exposed to. And, you know, footy's always been very big in the communities, basketball. We've seen a real resurgent in basketball over the last couple of years. Um, and tennis, it's like I said, it's all about get, making sure we've got the right delivers, the right coaches in the region so they can be the influencers of kids, get out to the schools. And when we do a lot of work with our Tennis West team, we've got a regional team. Head of Tennis North is Rob Kennedy and head of Regional South is Michelle Magning and they've got a team around them and we run a lot of school programs with a lot of red ball competitions. We get out and guide clubs around what good governance looks like, you know, how to drive your membership, how to work with your coaches but it's about making sure that we've got more coaching programs to educate and grow more capability in the regions and and that's a real focus for us because we've got five unique coaches from, you know, outside of Perth all the way up to the top end of WA and that's not nearly enough because, you know, we can fit about three Europe's inside WA. Um, the geographic land landscape of WA is so broad and so long that we just need to make sure that we've got the right people, the right deliverers and, and more opportunities for people to want to become a coach, you know, and, and see coaching as a real career. And, and that's what we're doing over the next couple of years. And you're right. It's such a great sport because you can play it at a competitive level and you can play it at a social level. And I remember that being the case at Darkin where we'd play pennants on the Saturday and that was pretty dinkum. Yep. Um, you know, we used to go down to Moody Arab and have to try and beat the, the Abbott family and the Abbott family were pretty bloody good at tennis. So that was always a big, big <laughs> challenge. Uh, and then on Sunday, you just turn up and have a bit of a hit and giggle and, um, you, you, you know, you didn't go flat out if you were playing against people who weren't quite as good and you went absolutely flat out if you're on the court with people who were as good. So you could adjust how hard you were going according to who you were playing against. So it, it is a, it is a great sport in that regard. Hey, tell us about talent development pathways in WA Tennis. How are you going with them and, and how do they work? Yeah, WA is punching above our weight class as far as talent. Uh, certainly on the on the global stage, you see the best athletes in the world that we've got. Uh, Matty Ebden, who just won the uh, Indian Wells uh, ATP 1000 doubles title the other day. He won the, the Wimbledon Championships with Max Purcell last year. So Matty's about 35, 36 years of age. And under him, you know, got the likes of Tristan Schoolgate. He's probably top three, fifty to 400 in the world. He's just another young um, adult athlete coming out of the WA ranks. Um, we've got Talia Preston, Taylor Gibson. Oh, sorry, Talia Gibson, Taylor Preston, uh, who are really starting to make their mark on the global stage at the moment. Taylor Preston was number 10 in the world, and we haven't actually had another junior athlete reach number 10 in the world in the junior since Ashley Barty, so that's a wonderful sign. Talia Gibson has been excelling at the ITF level. She's really accelerating her ranking. Um, and then you look at the, the likes of Madison Inglis, 
Uh, you look at the likes of Stormy Sanders, who's top 15 in the world in doubles. So the talent that we've got coming out of WA has been simply exceptional over the last 10 years. And the juniors below that, Jake Dembo, who's the number one 15-year-old in Australia, competes alongside the likes of uh, Cruz Hewitt, which is Leighton Hewitt's son. He's about number three in that age bracket. We've got young Cam Burton, who's uh, in the top three 15-year-olds in Australia as well. I mean, we're really, really blessed. And the the, the the development that we have in WA is all because of the wonderful club coaches. In Perth Metro, we've got so many great club coaches that identify talent really early, uh, are very, very good coaches, and then they transition them into, with the support of the State High Performance Tennis Academy, led by Goran Marajan and Mitchell Playdell and Lenny Cannell, who's been at the State Tennis Centre for the best part of 20 years. And, and their support and the culture around high performance out of WA has been simply exceptional. And it's been really that accelerator to make sure that we have the best athletes you know, on the world stage, juniors, and then transitioning into that seniors. And, and again, we've got seven WA athletes sitting inside the National Academy, which is the old Australian Institute of Sport, for the lack of a better word, sitting out of the um, Queensland at the moment. So we're certainly punching above our weight class. And, and a lot of that's got to do with the wonderful depth of coaches we've got in the Perth metro area, but also the great high-performance development culture that we've set out there at the State Tennis Centre. Is there a tougher sport to make it in? than tennis? I don't think so. And that's a great question. Tennis is really, really difficult to achieve and make a living out of it. You know, if you look at the top 100 players in the world, I think, you know, that probably the top 80 to 90 will be comfortable living. Um, and if you look at the top 100 golf players in the world, I think the number 100th player, golf player in the world makes a million dollars and the 100th ranked tennis player would only make probably four or $500,000. So yeah. there's, a, there's a big discrepancy between that. The physicality, um, the technique, you know, it's a very technical game, tennis, um, and the travel as well. And uh, you have to make sure your body's in peak physical condition every time you step onto the court. If you're a little bit off, um, you know, you can find yourself losing quite quickly and quite easily. So it is a very, very difficult sport, Duff. And, and what we're trying to achieve here in WA is... is our state league competition is arguably the envy of all the other leagues and competitions right across Australia. And we put that on a pedestal because we know how difficult it is to go on and be the next Leighton Hewitt or the next Novak Djokovic. So we, what we want to create is a level of playing in a Premier League event that our young kids can come through, our local um, athletes who are working but also still want to play at the highest level, have a platform to play, get recognised, get promoted, get paid, and it's a club-based tournament. So we've done a lot of work with that. We're promoting it um, heavily through mainstream media, and SEN's been a big supporter of that, and we also do a live broadcast and podcast of our state league. And the finals only played two weeks ago to great reception. We had about 1,000 people down at Cottesloe watching the men's state league final and about three, 400 down at Alexander Park to watch the women's state league final. And it was just a wonderful demonstration of the, the athletes that we've got in WA. So, you know, tennis in this state is in a really, really strong position. Where we need to accelerate is support the growth of tennis in the regions, and this Country Week 100-year carnival will certainly invigorate that. And, and right across this Easter period, we've got about five or six different tournaments, some in Beverley, in Bridgetown, in Geraldton, um, Kalamunda, and there's about nearly 900 to 1,000 punters playing right across Easter. So really healthy signs for WA tennis. The United Cup, has it been a success? Do we need to work on it? What, where is that placed? Yeah, look, it was. First up, I think it was a success. We had about 45,000 people through the gates. We had a lot of eyes coming out of Europe, coming out of America, watching the broadcast through Channel 9, our broadcast partner. Um, it's going to evolve. There's no question about that. This was the first iteration. Tennis Australia only had about six weeks to really get the tournament up and running. By the time that they signed the agreement with the WTA and the ATP, which is the governing bodies for the men's and women's tour, to actually putting on the event was a very, very short runway. We've taken a lot of learnings. And we did a big debrief uh, 
and and an investigation into the summer of tennis only a matter of two weeks ago. And, you know, there's some things we need to fine-tune and there's some really exciting um, announcements to come out over the next couple of weeks with what's going to happen at the Australian Open and certainly what's going to happen with the United Cup. And we're quite bullish. I'm, I've made that very clear that we would love to see the finals of the United Cup here in Perth. We think we've got the best venue. We think WA is a state of mixed team competition because of the wonderful reputation of the Hopman Cup for 30 plus years and we'd love to have that back in WA and we're working with the state government at the moment to you know um, make a bid on getting the finals for the United Cup and getting all the best players back in Perth and and really just loving the environment loving the venue loving the tournament and more so just loving Perth and WA from a tourism standpoint. One more before I let you go and this is a, an international question at the top end if you had to take a bet on who will be men's number one. Given there's a bit of a changing of the guard going on at the moment, who will be men's number one in 12 months' time? I think we're seeing it now. Carlos Alcaraz, the young Spanish protege, 19 years of age. I mean, he's there's, there's no weakness in his game. I mean, he's such a bull from the back of the court. He moves incredibly well. His conditioning's second to none. Uh, he's got a huge entourage around him, so he, he's wanting for nothing. He can just step onto the court and know that he's a well-oiled machine and he can just hit the go button and away he goes. And we've seen that over the best part of 12 months. I, I think he's probably the one that everyone else will chase for the next number of years. And if we look at a Stefanos Sitsipas, I mean, I love the way he plays his game. You know, he's got a beautiful game. He's a beautiful player. Um, I don't think he's at the heights of Carlos Alcaraz right now. I, there's some deficiencies in in his game that I think he needs to tidy up on. Alexander Zverev, oh, I think we've seen the best of Dominic Team. He's sort of at the not at the back end of his career, but injury has you know really restricted him. Um, you know, we're seeing the resurgence of young you know Francis Tiafoe. He's an excitement machine coming out of America. But I think for me right now, Carlos Alcaraz, and in the women's side, Robert Keener. Uh, we saw her. Um, she lost in the final to Sabalenka in the Australian Open, but she dominated the last number of tournaments. So I think Robert Keener, Sabalenka, and for the men's, definitely think Carlos Alcaraz is the one to chase. All right, Brett Patton, the CEO of Tennis West, talking about the 100th anniversary of Country Week and uh, the steps that are being taken to rejuvenate and boost tennis in regional WA. Brett, thank you very much for joining us in the studio today. Um, we'll take a break and be back with more of the show after the break.